everybody and welcome back to classical pairings we are doing some <laughs> rob's already laughing at me here so i'm gonna i'm gonna not do my normal introduction here because this is first of all a weird episode because we're doing another zoom episode because of uh covid19 and, and the things we're forced to i'm also good friends with rob funkhauser here which means he's going to be probably just trying to make me laugh as much as he can during this whole thing but we are going to get through this together we have two fantastic <laughs> guests who represent um, some really kind of cutting edge of Indianapolis cuisine and Indianapolis music. I'm very excited and very grateful that both of you have decided to take some time um, to chat with me today. We're going to be having some delicious food from Spoken Steel uh, in just a little bit. Rob and I will be picking some music to go with it. Uh, before we get to our questions, how about we just go ahead and have both of you introduce yourself. Rob, I'll just go ahead and have you go first. Cool. Uh, my name is is Rob Funkhauser. I'm a composer and performer here in town, among other things. Um, the recently I just started as a resident artist for Big Car through their um, artist and public life residency. So that will include not only performance when that comes back, but uh, right now is taking the form of a lot of radio programming and recording. Wonderful. All right, Aaron. All right, I'm Aaron Gillum, the executive chef at Spoken Steel, which is downtown in the Lemuridian Hotel. Used to be the Canterbury Hotel, so super super old building right next to St. Elmo's. Um, basically, I curated a menu last year, completely fresh, new concept, kind of tapas style, small, medium, large plates, um, and it's awesome. Like, it went really well, and it's all my food, which is super cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wonderful. So what we do here in, in Classical Pairings is, I, you know, we try to bring a leader in the arts and a leader in the food or drink industry, get them to chat. We're going to taste some stuff. Um, we've had to sort of pivot, obviously. I mean, our normal episodes, we would go and hang out in a bar for a few hours and talk. Um, we can't really do that right now, but we decided that we wanted to um, do a couple episodes where we sort of checked in to see how the entrepreneurs and artists are doing around the city uh, during the pandemic. Um, That's obviously sort of a grim topic to start with, but it, you know, we want to be aware of what's happening, so we'll start there. Eventually, we'll get to the food and the fun stuff. Um, I guess we'll start, um, I'll start again with, with, with you, Rob, if, if, if that's all right. Thinking about yeah, sure. how, how has your experience as an artist changed? I realize that's a gigantically huge question and it's been months. No, no, I don't even know if you remember pre-pandemic. I mean, but, you know what? Um, like, well, I mean, I, I do have faint memories of, of times when things were fun, but, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I no, truly like it was something that. I was set up, I and I think a lot of my peers were set up to have a really, really amazing year this year. Um, especially like the classical music community and and um, people that I knew in experimental music as well. We were starting to like rethink how we were presenting performances and um, I was a part of a, like a series of events, like, like four or five events last year that were all super unique and different and what, either just like as an audience member or a presenter or a performer. And it was, I was really, it was super optimistic about this year. And it was all predicated on the fact that we were about to do, we were like about to change the standard of like what we could do in public in Indianapolis. And then it's like, well, <laughs> that went out the went out the window. So, uh, sorry, I just knocked my cable here. Uh, but um, <laughs> I definitely spent the last few months rethinking uh, not only has it who I am as a musician, but who I am as a creative person in general. So I've branched out into a lot of other projects. I've been writing more, like text. Um, and I've started this residency, so I bought a house in the middle of all this, which is a nightmare, <laughs> by the way. And uh, 
And buying a house is a nightmare. Buying a house in the pandemic is, means that I don't get to make my friends move my shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so the so that's been that's been interesting. It's been giving me a sense of normalcy, at least as far as stuff goes. Like I've ha- I've felt very busy, even though in a time where it, that should not be how I've been feeling. Um, but for me, I'm starting to get back to recording. I'm starting to get back to composition. I'm pretty knee deep in a commission for classical music indie right now. That's going to be part of a concert series later this year. And, um, overall I'm just sort of in this period where I'm being productive, but not in a way that has found uh, a linear pathway. Like I had before, I thought I had a very clear trajectory toward of what I wanted out of this year. And I'm, Mm-hmm. You know, it's a couple months later, and I'm still not sure what I want out of the rest of the year now. Yeah. Aaron, how, how about you? How have you been um, managing? It's, it's been horrible. <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely horrible. Uh, we're still open. Spoken still still open. We do carry out. But a lot of that's because we're in the hotel. So we're still mm-hmm. feeding. A lot of hotels in India have closed. So mm-hmm. our occupancy has actually gone up, which is great mm-hmm. um, compared to what it was in, at the beginning of everything. Um, but we just, I still do food for the guests and anyone that's doing carry out, but it's essentially just me in the kitchen and then my sous chef, but we run solo. So I work five <laughs> wow. days a week. He works one, but that means we're doing the dish. I do the dishes. I do the prep. I do the deliveries like upstairs. I do all of it, which wow. is horrible. Like it's, like, <laughs> I'm even more grateful that you're sitting down, that you're spending a, a couple hours hanging out with us here. It's just it's a very weird experience. And yeah. the worst thing about everything to me is I miss my, my team. And yeah. when you're in this business, like you spend more time with your employees than you do anyone in your entire life. So <laughs> like, that's my family. So not only am I still working, so I'm not actually seeing my family much cause I mm-hmm. don't want to like risk anything. Um, yeah. but not only do I miss my family, I miss like my family. That's been my family for the last two years that spoke. So it yeah. just, it's not great. We, I don't get to, I, I still am coming up with some ideas for food, but it's not like I can order things in and be like, spend the time in the kitchen and be creative because I can't waste any product. Like right now it's like anything mm-hmm. that comes in has to be cooked and sold for something. So mm-hmm. it's like trying, I was trying to be positive in the beginning to, you know, create new menu items. I was like, this is my time. Like I always complain that I don't have any time to be creative mm-hmm. anymore and come up with yeah. a new item. And now I'm like, Okay, so I have beans, I have rice, I have this. What can I do with this? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. Rob mentioned, like, struggling with maintaining enthusiasm. So you're kind of feeling that too? Absolutely. I'm actually really afraid when people come back because I need to be that person that's, we're back, guys, let's do this, we're our family's back. But... I'm drained because I am the one that's working all the time. And I'm just like, when people come back, how am I going to be like, let's do this? Because there's still all of these rules. We're wearing a mask in a kitchen that's 100 degrees. You know, like. (laughs) I was going to ask about that, actually. It's horrible. And like, I'll wear glasses a lot in the kitchen. And then it fogs up and then splatter from saute pans. And I'm like, I can't see anything. I don't even know what's happening right now. So. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. So I have a couple ideas. I haven't tried this on my own glasses, but I'm desperately, <laughs> I'm going to try this later and I'll send you guys a message. Okay. I've thought about putting, I've thought about putting Rain-X on my glasses. Oh, Cause it prevents, it, it prevents fog. It'll just ah, turn into okay. little droplets and just fall down. 
Uh, hmm. It could help. I don't know if it's a great idea, but I'll yeah. try it on my own it glasses be before I recommend. Yeah, I'm it could gonna, be horrible. I'm going to go on the record that classical pairings is not recommending that people put right X on their face. I would yeah. just like to say that's that's a Rob Funkhauser idea, not a uh, yeah, classical yeah. music indie idea. Uh, for sure. <laughs> Uh, but, but that's Aaron, the sort of creative energy we need, <laughs> <Right>. Rob. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Rob, you have a- who knows when concerts are going to start happening? But what would you do if it was, we're going to do concerts, but we need our artists and masks when possible? Which obviously, like, a wind player couldn't do. But uh, what, what, do you, what do you think about that? I can speak to this a little bit. Um, I've kind of been keeping my ear to the ground about, like, what talks are like for venues reopening and, like, You've got people on both sides of it. You've got people who are just like, we're not going to reopen until people can feel safe. You've got other people who are like, oh, yeah, we'll bring people into a mid-sized venue and they'll all stand 10 feet apart and it'll be fun. You know, we'll all be in a perfect (laughs) grid. Uh, And so like that. So part of it is I don't musicians in masks doesn't strike me as hugely uh, like it strikes me as as maybe difficult, but not. There, you know, we're not running around in a in a hot kitchen. It doesn't feel strike strike me as like as physically encumbering. But uh, mm-hmm. one thing I will say is that I'm just more interested in presenting events that make sense and that like are gonna be memorable as something other than like our first like grab towards normalcy again. Like I think that there yeah. is an opportunity to. Um, to present things in a way that's like creative and interesting and that will rely a lot on outdoor events for the first thing of the future. I don't know mm-hmm. once it gets cold this year, if we'll like, we may have like a brief period of some access- accessible outdoor concerts, but then, you know, once it's, once it's that again, I mean, I don't know what their plans are to do that. And I, so wearing the mask to me doesn't seem that important. It's more about like, uh, making sure that we're presenting impactful things and not making a grab for nostalgia or normalcy that, that will ultimately feel hollow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when yeah, you were you talking wanna... about everybody at a grid, I was yeah. picturing like a middle school dance. Everyone <laughs> just like awkwardly <laughs> looking at each other, like unable to do anything. Exactly, exactly. And those were super fun. So I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean... <laughs> Do you think, yeah. though, that, like, I don't know, is there hope here of finding creative solutions that are going to make meaningful events or dining experiences? Or am I just clinging to hope because it's easier? I I feel like we're eventually going to get something that's going to feel a little bit more normal or make us happy. I mean, right now already, patio season, everybody is, like... Mm-hmm just running to patios because everyone feels safe outside still and whatnot. But also, Mm -hmm. I mean, two months without people that aren't working, you know, or working from home, two months without really leaving your home unless you're going to the grocery store or whatever, that's a long time. And that, it makes you crazy. Like, I'm going crazy and I'm going to work. Like, so it's just, it's like one of those things like that's, I think it's always going to be weird. But right now we're like clinging on to the first. So the first is this patio. Mm-hmm. Who, who has a patio? Who's open for it? The city shut down streets. Illinois shut down so we can actually have a patio because we usually don't. Mm. So it's like all of these things to make it feel normal, but nothing's ever really going to feel normal until people aren't worried about it anymore. And yeah. it's not a scare and we're open normal because we're no yeah. one's sitting at any bars for the next like probably two months. And 
that's my favorite place to sit when I go eat. So yeah, right. like, it's just weird. And service is slow. Like no one is going to have fast service because every time you go to a table, you can't even greet the next table or tell them you'll be right back. You have to go immediately inside and wash your hands. And and so and you and you're at like way smaller staff inside them yeah, for that like I have, in the kitchen. On so we open for, for the first time for Friday and Saturday patio. Maybe thirty people could fit out there, thirty five people um, yeah. spread out, and we have two servers, and I have two mm -hmm. people in the kitchen, including myself. So I'm bringing food <laughs> wow. to the, like the bar, so then they can take it out, so then that way I'm not crossing paths and going like constantly okay. doing it. But if one of them's making a drink and the other one's talking to a table and now I've got food that needs to go and I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to go out there, but my food needs to yeah. go out there. So everything yeah. is just prolonged. And hopefully people will understand that your service, it's not anyone's fault, but yeah. you have yeah. to be understanding that these changes aren't fun. No one wants to do them, but it's for yeah. everyone's safety. So if you do want to get out mm -hmm. of your house and sit on a patio and drink a barrel aged old fashioned from us, like just hang with us that it might take a little bit longer. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rob, you were talking about some outdoor events. Do you think that they're going to feel anything like normal? I know, I know several of the big ones have already been canceled. But... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know that anything's going to feel totally normal. Um, uh, I think, and I think I, I would probably be tempted to lean into that. So I, I think I'd more interest. Mm -hmm. I'm less interested in like, bands playing shows than like curating performances that are going to be pretty wild, you know, and lean mm. into the environment a little more. And, and I don't rightly know what that looks like yet, but, but I'm certainly working on it. No, I think that's an interesting idea though. I mean, I think there is an opportunity. I mean, I've been to several shows. I've been to a couple of your shows that are about yeah. like the, the music integrating with the space. Like I've been to some, mm -hmm. like one that you were involved with in Garfield park and, and some others that were about how do we exist within the space that we live in. And now that the space that we live in has changed drastically because it is now an isolated, depressed space. Like, <laughs> everywhere you go, it is an isolated, depressed space other than like with, if you're, if you're lucky, like maybe one or two choice people, but like yeah. it is. And, but it, it's something that, um, I, I don't know if I'm, wise enough to say this but i do think that like, there's a space for creatives and artists to help like everyday people sort of understand the severity and or, or, like the situation that they're going through and maybe sure. reframe it in a more creative way um, yeah I, I don't know if that's if that's making sense uh, i am not super excited for like the thousand string quartets that are going to come out about this <laughs> Yeah. Uh, or like all the choir pieces or like all of the, I'm like not super stoked for that stuff. Cause it happens with every tragedy. It's like, yeah. you know, but I, but like I think you're right. Tragedy. This might be more music and space. I mean, thinking about. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. Really I mean, yeah, I know the thing that I, I know. Okay. So one thing I don't want to commit to anything cause I've got a few ideas, but, um, I know the one thing that I'm, you don't want to give them away. Right. But one thing I am pretty <laughs> leaning heavily into this summer is going to be programming on uh, WQRT, which is a radio station. Mm -hmm. And that way, and, and promoting that, promoting these like low powered radio station shows, like I would promote like my biggest concert of the year. And be yeah. like, get your radio, find a radio, and sit down in a park and listen, and we'll all have this experience kind of together, definitely sort of not also, but it yeah. will feel like, an, it'll feel like something, and immediate and shared.
that yeah. maybe maybe we'll give two or 20 or 200 i don't rightly know like some solace and feel like something is happening yeah. um I, i'm wondering i wanted to bring aaron back into this do you think so we're talking about these like trying to think how artists might respond to this situation by involving like music and space or something to think about our new reality i mean do you think that like the food arts is that a thing people say the food arts you're doing it right now okay i'm saying it. Okay, i'm sure other other people the have said it culinary anyway, arts maybe the culinary arts that makes more sense yeah but anyway do you think that there's um creative opportunities there in like the restaurant world about creating feelings of community in times that community is so difficult to feel um that's hard i mean yeah. in the re it's restaurants are just they're small everything is yeah. confined and like i'm just watching a bunch of local places blue bear turkettis all, all kinds of places that aren't going they they didn't open their patio and yeah. they don't plan on opening it until they feel that it is safe again for yeah. their own employees and for the staff or for the guests that come in and all this stuff i i feel like the way that we're gonna show community or like reach out isn't going to be in the restaurant it's going to be i mean i know a few people that are you know part of food banks us donating things to people yeah. um paying attention to that doing the carry out like what i was doing with um doing like family meals i don't do family mm -hmm. meals like i do one <laughs> one little dish yeah. like it's about the plate and i don't i don't have a family at home so i don't make family meals except my dogs so um i just think like the creativity side of it is more or less us trying to figure out how it can work for us as a business to try to just stay afloat, whatever we can do. I'm fortunate because I'm part of a hotel, so that helps mm -hmm. us a lot. Um, but I think more or less the community aspect is whatever the community, community can do for especially local places to reach out, get carry out. Like how many times do people do DoorDash a week? Mm -hmm. like, you know, Uber Eats, all of that kind of stuff. Like people are constantly ordering out no matter what the conditions are. Mm -hmm. Go local, like just do your local. That is the community because if you yeah. can keep them afloat, they're going to do the same thing back to you. When when we can open up, there's going to it's going to get crazy because everyone's going to be so excited. <laughs> but at the same time, like when this all happened, the first thing we did was put all of our produce on like a market and mm -hmm. it was I mean, People were buying it for cheaper, buying my produce cheaper than I spent on it, but I didn't want it to go away. I didn't want yeah. it to be trash. Like, I don't care this avocado cost me a dollar. Take it for 50 cents. Just get yeah. it out of my kitchen because I can't get it, I can't cook it fast enough to get rid of it. So yeah. I think the community aspect is, it, it's a, it goes both ways. It's the community helping us stay afloat right now until we can open <laughs> and then bring community back to you because ultimately that's, that's what it's all about for me. I cook so I can take food to people and put smiles on their faces and get them to try something they've never tried. Oh, I'm scared of curry, da, da, da. Try it, just try it. And if you don't like it, we'll figure it out. And nine times out of 10, they're like, this was awesome. I've never had anything. I know you've never had anything. That's why it's on my menu. Like, try it. So I think that it brings people together both ways. You know what I mean? And I think when it comes to community in the restaurant, it's it's gonna take the community to help us first yeah. and keep supporting us with carry out with anything, whatever we can mm -hmm. do. Like 
people buying gift cards and everything. Don't go in and use your gift card right now because that doesn't help us. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like just as much as you can, just support because we're gonna do it right back at you because that's a, that's what our life is all about is bringing community together through food because that's what mo how most people eat. Like everybody has a party, there's always food involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I you brought up a couple of things I'm really interested in, Aaron. Um, one, and this is this is definitely a tangent that we don't have to go too far into, but you've been mentioning uh, ingredients and and keeping really good track of of what you're ordering and using. Um, do you think that this uh, situation in general has led to decreased food waste at 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 a restaurant level? I think at a restaurant level and like for us, I think yes. I think for the distribution side, no. When this all happened, Piazza Produce, you know, I use them all the time. They were yeah. stocked, ready to go. And then all of a sudden we were like, I, I don't want anything. Like I can't buy oh, anything yeah. for you for <laughs> oh, two weeks. Yeah. You know? like, so it, it kept waste from in my kitchen because okay. I love pickled everything. So I, we pickled every vegetable I could possibly pickle because I was like, it's going to last. And I put those on my bowls. They're, they're great. So I was just like, pickled shishitos, pickled eggs, pickled all, and we'll figure out what to do with it when we can. But like, we did a lot of that. And then I think the one thing with Piazza or your other distributors, they have opened it up to the public. And I know they sell mm. their produce. So generally I'm buying a you know, 50 pound Box, or 50 count of Idaho potatoes. It's 50 pounds, it's 50 potatoes in it. Like, I, that would take me three months to go through right now. If, if that, like, maybe even longer. <laughs> so, like, Piazza's yeah. taking these things and breaking them down into buying them five at a time, stuff like that, that for, you know, locals, for people that want to go and buy it. So I think that's helping. It sounds like maybe at the beginning of this process, there were a few, like, like creative, fun moments where, like, you were like, we're going to pickle everything. Uh, and then like that, t that to me, like sounds like a fun afternoon that leads to like four boring, like slog weeks of cooking where you're just sort of like, okay, I made these decisions four weeks ago and I'm preparing yes. these dishes. Um, is that, I mean, I know for me, like, so for me, I sort of thrive on a pretty chaotic, like working method. Um, that has always, cooking has always felt pretty similar in the sense where it's like, Sort of like if I have a lot of projects going, I'm sort of always delivering something. And so I'm always getting feedback on something and food feels similarly, like where you get to like get feedback. But in your case, it, and, and this is also my case because I haven't performed in like three months now, which sounds insane. So <laughs> I haven't, I don't know where am I, I don't know what I'm going to do for my first performance. I've been practicing, but I don't know how I'm going to be on stage. So uh, we're panicking in the kitchen, myself and my sous chef, we worked together on Friday. First mm -hmm. time I've worked with a human in my kitchen in two <laughs> months. Like it's, I mean, I have my sales team. I have, you know, yeah, people yeah. in the hotel, but not in the kitchen. So we right. were both joking the night before. I was like, I can't wait to work with you. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I hope we don't burn each other because we're not used to it anymore. We're used to right. running at all of it on our own. So I think like I was really nervous because I was like, we don't have really any staff because we don't know what it's going to be. If we get busy, we're screwed. <laughs> like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, I'm, I'm worried. And I haven't, it's, yes, it's my menu and I, I created it, but I also, I run the kitchen. So I'm not, I'm not cooking 
these items every day. I created it and now my team does it and I'm doing other yeah. things. So I was like, do I remember how to make mushroom duck cells? Like when was the last time I made those? And then and yeah. I was like, okay, I got it. I totally got it. It's fine. Yeah. But it was, it was very nerve wracking at first because it's the same yeah. thing you said, like you haven't performed in forever. Like, yeah, it's like riding a bike, but at the same time, those, those butterflies that I haven't had in forever were so <laughs> strong on Friday. And I was like, yeah. why am I panicking? Like we have 12 reservations, like right, right. Right now. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's definitely, it's just weird. Yeah. yeah, I I know for me, like somebody asked me about a recording session at like some like in the near future. And I was like, oh, what do you want me to do? And they're like, whatever you want. And I'm like, oh, no, like I haven't done that in so long. I need you to send me like what I'm going to be working on. Because uh, for me, you know, like, you know, a lot of my musical performances tend to like follow like if, if you were to make a cooking analogy, it's almost like Iron Chef or like Master Chef where they get like random ingredients. That's my performance practice. A lot of times I'll bring a random smattering of instruments and make something out of it. Uh, and often so, they're so, not instruments, by the way. Often they're like a cigar box and like a mixing bowl. Like you would uh, call them instruments, but most people yeah. would not see them and say there's instruments. Most people would say there's some junk. Yeah, I mean, I get to decide what an instrument is. Uh, <laughs> so... Maybe I'm just getting hungry, or maybe that was a good segue. But let's start thinking a little <laughs> bit about what you've made for us here. So we ordered some carryout. Uh, Rob and I each have a, a dish in front of us. Do you also have it? By the I way? do. I put you it do. in a little That's fancy great. bowl. Oh, yours looks a lot. Yours oh, looks pretty. I yeah, should have done that. Oh yeah, I just left mine in the thing. Yeah, I, I just took a picture thing. of it too that I'll, that I'll send. So um, so what's going to happen here is is Rob and I are going to well, we're all going to eat some of it. Rob and I are going to pick a couple pieces of music that we think somehow pair with this. The idea being, next time you offer this specific dish, I don't even know the name of it yet, the next time you offer it, people can order it and then listen to whatever ridiculous music Rob or I comes up with. To like <laughs> sit at home and sit by yourself, like at your middle school dance, lonely, eating, and <laughs> listening Nick, to music. Nick, I want to be very clear. Um, yeah. I assume we're picking classical music. Yeah, probably. Okay. Like, but I mean, within, <laughs> yes. But within the, like, art music. How about that? Okay. You know, because there would be some people who would go to your show and be like, that's not classical music. But, like, we're, no, we're putting no. you in the... I was, actually, I was actually going the opposite direction where I was like... Uh, like pop country? Is that what you're thinking? No, I was going to go, like, folk. <laughs> Honestly, like, just because, like, this sort of represents my changed relationship to food and it sounds like maybe Aaron's changed relationship to cooking where yeah. very pragmatic and less, like... Highfalutin, but uh, yeah. no, we'll stick to, I, I've got, I think I've, I've got some ideas cooking, yeah. but uh, it will change based on what we're going to eat. So yeah. So we, well, what is that? What, what do we have sitting here before us? Do you have your dish, Rob? Yeah. Do you have yours with you? Very good. Yeah. So tell us what we're looking at here. Aaron, um, I will, I'll send a picture to our producer to put on the, on the video thing of people are watching this on YouTube. Um, so basically I had mentioned I was doing one dish a night. And I turned into doing, I would call them a bowl, the bowl night. And sometimes it was rice, sometimes it's couscous, sometimes it doesn't, maybe it's a noodle bowl, it doesn't matter. But usually there's a lot of pickled ingredients on it, <laughs> things like that, because that's what I have. Yeah. I got lots. <laughs> this one doesn't have it. But I, I really fell in love with this while I've been in quarantine. Um, so this is a Mediterranean chicken, and I just changed our, I always change our items. I almost always have, you know, salmon, chicken, steak, 
but I change how it's cooked or the setup for the seasons. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I want something light for the summer. I am really into dill right now and olives, so Mediterranean. Um, it's I just and I don't come up with crazy names. I'm not creative when it comes to that. I'm just like chicken. So this is called Mediterranean <laughs> chicken. Okay, very good. So nothing fancy, um, but it is couscous, and it's your instant couscous, not Israeli. So it is a pasta, but it's mm -hmm. super light and fluffy, which is mm -hmm. awesome for the summer. Um, I also love this to give to you guys because it is carry out and it took a while to us to getting to it now. Yeah. It's yeah. still going to be delicious cold and room temperature. Like it doesn't okay. have to be yeah. piping hot. Um, but you have a, a couscous that's got a lot of herbs, lemon zest, real fresh, real pungent for summer is the way I look at it. Um, is, that so, is this cilantro on it? Good. Thank you. No cilantro. <laughs> I'm one of the people that just so like I explained it to you just for the listeners. I'm one of that. Genetic di disformity that cilantro tastes like dish soap. Yes. And so I asked politely to not have that. I love and, cilantro and it's in a lot of my food because I love Asian yeah. food too. But yeah. I went with this because I was like, no cilantro. Very, thank you. That's very kind of you. You're welcome. So you got your couscous on the bottom and then uh, the chicken. I'm not a huge fan of chicken because I think it's kind of bland unless you really marinate it in something. Um, and I made a really simple like red wine vinaigrette in a way and marinated it overnight. And the chicken just absorbed the flavor so much. And I was like, wow, I think I like chicken again. Like, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so you've got your chicken on top, nice, just sliced. Yeah. The olives on there are Baldi olives, and they are salt cured. And I'm a salt fiend. I love salt. And these are my favorite olives in the world. They're Kalamatas, but it's the way that they're cured. Um, and then you have marinated tomatoes, so you have a nice freshness. And once, you know, tomatoes are going to be in season soon. With Indiana, we have a ton of them. So why mm -hmm. not put that on there? Once summer hits, everybody has tomatoes everywhere. So that's what I wanted. Um, and then you've got a grilled artichoke, keeping with that little mm. Mediterranean feel. Uh, light spinach in there, or spinach. There's feta cheese and then a dill yogurt sauce. So kind of like a tzatziki in a way. Yeah. Um, and then we take chickpeas and we fry them and toss them in a little seasoning. So then mm. you get this nice crunch on top. So you got you got crunchy, you've got soft, you've got you know, fruity with the tomatoes. You've got, my big thing is hot and cold as well, which is why I love bowls, because you're gonna have hot elements on it, but then you have the cold elements like the olives and the feta and the yogurt. So there's just a lot going on, but they all complement each other. And I feel like I'm hot because it's really hot out and I got sunburn this weekend. <laughs> so I just want like just nice food that I could sit outside on my porch, enjoy my old fashioned, and mm -hmm. enjoy a nice dish that's not like overwhelming. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? It's incredible. Thank it's you. Fantastic. Sorry, we both have. Like, I have a mouthful yeah. of food. It's delicious. Yeah, I, I may actually mm. hit you up for that chickpea recipe. I really like how you did this. <laughs> yes. Or you can just order it, yeah. Rob. That's the point. Well, yeah, but I'm also <laughs> cooking a lot. This, by the way, we've been like chatting about other things. This is delicious, by the way. Thank mm -hmm. you. Um, this is. Incredible. It's such a fantastic mix of like fresh flavors and then salty flavors with the olives, and then the art uh, the artichoke is amazing, and then that yogurt sauce. Um, and you're totally right. This is at room temperature because we ordered this a couple hours ago to set this up, and it's still like, safe. Like, it's perfect, mm -hmm. and like this would be perfect to eat, um, like in a park in the sun. Like it's a, it, it doesn't matter that it's not hot. Well, and one thing you could do yeah, with this really is you could take all the ingredients chop mm -hmm. up the chicken and take that yogurt and mm -hmm. you could make like a little couscous like pasta salad almost with this. Yeah. With all the ingredients. Yeah. So 
I don't want to eat it like this, but now I'm going to make it into like a little pasta-ish salad and I'm going to go on a picnic tomorrow or go mm -hmm. hiking, put it in a yeah. container, put it in your cooler and it's, take a spoon, it's easy to eat. You know, it's just like, it's simple. Mm -hmm. Rob, are you having any, are you having, having any music thoughts or maybe we can start with some adjectives is a fun mm. way to do this. Like, um, fresh and, uh, I mean, obviously Mediterranean, but, um, yeah. Chris, uh, I was hesitant. I was hesitating uh, to go. I was hesitating to go with the Mediterranean aspect, um, just because that feels weird to me. Low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Okay, it's so like fresh and airy are definitely there for me. Um, I mean, this dish kind of floats. Like the the couscous mm -hmm. is super light, and nothing in it is terribly heavy. All right, Nick. Here's where I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of something that's like. Okay. Mid-tempo, harmonically rich, but like sort of a, a piece that is punctuated by like small moments of excitement, but otherwise like okay. fairly okay. consonant territory. Yeah. Because it's like now, comforting and... Yeah. Yeah, okay. And serviceable. Like something that I would be happy to listen to if I'm really concentrating on it and also happy to put on in the background. Okay. If that makes sense. So it's very functional food. Like this food yeah. feels very functional, but it's also something that I think stands up to a, like a concentrating, like what is, what flavors are going on type thing. Um, okay. Which is kind of a hard, this is a hard needle to thread now that I'm thinking about it. Um, <laughs> part of me is thinking Arvo Parrot, but that feels too heavy. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that actually. Arvo I mean, Parrot Arvo feels... Parrot's probably my favorite composer, but he... <laughs> what am I too, but... Um... But you know what I, I, I feel mean. like we like, need to be we need to be more serious for that. Okay. Like uh, Yeah, I agree. Um but that's sort of what I'm talking about in terms of level of complexity. Where it's like Do you know what came to my mind? Yeah. Uh and by the way, yeah, like so, you know, we're just riffing here. For some reason Pulcinella came to mind. Pulcinella. Uh by or is that the dude? Sorry. Oh, oh, like yeah, neo yeah, yeah. neoclassical, yeah, yeah, neoclassical yeah, yeah. ballet. Because like this oh, is, you man. could almost say this is neoclassical cooking. Sure. And so what I mean is like that we're taking. There's obviously some very classical elements here. I mean, like a marinated chicken with marinated tomatoes and couscous. But then we're adding the like crispy chickpeas, the grilled artichoke. It was grilled. Grilled artichoke, yep, and Gr it's grilled marinated as well. <laughs> Also marinated, and marinated. it's delicious. That's all I really know about it. Mm. Everything's either marinated or pickled. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh. any, any, honestly, the pickled. Like, so we're taking classical things, and then we're putting it through just a couple layers of modernizing, but still keeping it within its classical form. What if, what if we get, like, one level... You can go deeper. I think we get one, one level deeper, and because of the, the tomatoes that are definitely because like the a tomatoes, reference. yeah. Go tomato no, deeper, no, Rob. No, listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to give this a good beat every year. Okay, so the tomatoes being a reference, like what's in season in the region. Uh, mm. What about uh, Copeland? Okay, yeah, I can see that. Maybe, I, like, maybe even Appalachian yeah, Spring, because that's like... Uh, it's yeah. close to the time. It's not the exact time of year, but it's close. And it's uh, some of that it borrows from Stravinsky's music, which was what made me think of it. Yeah, but, but the problem with that is I feel like Copeland, we usually don't actually debate about these before they happen, but like Rob and I debate about things. So this is what we do. <laughs> I'm worried like the Copeland implies a down-home Americana to me that oh. this does not. 
Okay. Like, this doesn't taste like apple pie and or fried chicken. No, okay, that's that's fair, but... Uh... Maybe Ned Roram? Whew. Like yeah, an, an Indiana composer? Yeah, I don't know what yeah, piece, yeah, yeah. though. Yeah, I don't either. Oh, man, that's a good idea, though. I, okay, I guess I'm kind of thinking Roram Symphony 3, which okay. we're, we're all going to listen here in a minute uh, to a piece. So yeah. I guess what I'm doing, what I'm what, what I'm going to suggest here, Rob, is I'm going to take your American edit to my Pulchinella because I agree with it, but I want to I want to remove some of the apple pie. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's I think it's pretty astute. This is probably okay. the most productive cooperative decision making that has ever happened between the two of us. I just want to point. I out. know, I know. It's we are definitely we're, we're playing nice because normally what it would yeah. be it would take five drinks to do this. <laughs> And I would yes. be yelling. Like, I would just be yelling. Oh, I would, too. I, I would, this, too. At this point, I would be like yelling at the top of my lungs about how you cannot remove the apple <laughs> pie from the We're on our best behavior here. Yeah. I know that the would... first time that, that Chloe, my fiance, hung out with us, she thought we were mad at each other. I was like, no, this is just how we talk. We just scream at each other about music. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm on board for this. Uh, and this okay. is good because I have not heard this piece in a long time. So that's always okay. Just like I haven't had a meal cooked this well in a long time. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, it's, it's really now delicious. on the menu, so order it whenever you want. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead now and listen to Indiana native Ned Roram's Third Symphony. We're going to be listening to the fifth movement of that. So what did you all think? Um, <laughs> Ned Warum's, what did you think of his third symphony, the fifth movement? As I mentioned, by the way, Rob, are you for, you're from Richmond, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Ned Warum was also born in Richmond. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And uh, probably one of our most famous classical lineages. But what did you guys think? I was looking for something kind of neoclassical, 
kind of comforting, I think it was kind like, of homey. Tonally, it was like right in that right where I wanted. It was also like a little fast, probably. <laughs> but like, uh, <laughs> like I like I probably wouldn't like put this on to like sit and have a glass of wine, uh, like I would with okay. this fine okay. dish we had. But uh, overall, I think it's. <laughs> It, it it's a spot that I like. I think the density is there where it's like um, familiar elements, but being used in a really interesting way. Okay. What did you think, Aaron? Um, I actually really liked it. You guys are probably going to laugh, and uh, I hope this isn't a bad thing to say, but we it reminded not. me of Fantasia. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you remember the little cute mushroom family in Fantasia? <laughs> I don't think I <laughs> but do. But it was very like... Kind of yeah. like dainty and just yeah. like okay. that, yeah. that little like upbeat type part. But yeah. I totally like, before I'm a Disney freak. Okay. So as soon as like I have had that vision, it like worked because I do think this dish is like, it's dainty, it's light, it's, it's mm -hmm. airy. And like you said, it's flowy mm -hmm. and it's simple, but then you get a, a pop from here or here. So like that mm -hmm. music was kind of like that, and then you would get those little pops, and I envisioned the little mushrooms. But okay, see, I wrote down, I wrote down brass equals olives. That oh, was my big see, musicological okay, I'm gonna, analysis. I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree. I went to college for twelve years to tell you that Listen, brass gonna, equals olives. I'm gonna disagree, <laughs> and maybe this is because oh, of course you are. Well, I think the artichoke <laughs> was the big brass fanfare because it's like no, the artichoke was the feta. Are you kidding me? What? No, that's not feta. I'm sorry. The artichoke was the percussion. That's what I meant to say. The artichoke no. was the percussion. Absolutely not. <laughs> how, how not? There's, how not? There's olives and xylophones sprinkled throughout that movement. There is one big brass moment. Likewise, there's one artichoke to munch down on. <laughs> but I feel like the olive, I feel like the olive makes its presence known very like aggressively just like the that's brass true. like you know okay. when that olive's in your mouth mm -hmm. the artichoke can kind of just sort of sneak in there in the texture it's a creeper it's a okay. creeper <laughs> yeah just like the swell of the brass <laughs> so, this is like the 15th episode of this show I've recorded and this is the first time we've really disagreed which I think is good it's because yeah. I always do these episodes with people I don't know well enough for them to tell me no you're wrong but uh, that's a good thing and also anyway, I, so, think, I think you should you should uh, order this dish any of you listening you absolutely uh, should it's delicious and I want you to, why don't you write to Nick at, at Classical Music, like send something to Classical Music Indy and vote on whether or not the brass more accurately represents the olives or the artichoke. And That's awesome. And, and later, later on, later on, if anyone decides to do this, we will, yeah. uh, we'll do a follow-up episode and we'll, <laughs> yeah, okay. we'll do like a five minute recap. Uh, <laughs> Aaron, did you have a vote? Did you think brass equaled artichoke or uh, olives? I felt like it was more olives. Uh, no, this is the sort of thing that we will be arguing about years from now, so it's fine. <laughs> Everything's good. Yeah, I mean, it, it could influence how I think. You guys know, are gonna be rethinking everything in in life. We could do this for like the entrance exams at Butler. Yeah, like that maybe. would be hysterical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, here's something seemingly unrelated to music, 
And yeah. I'm like, let's. Here's a salad. <laughs> like, tell me what you're hearing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we have about hit our time. I, okay. I want to thank you both so much. Uh, this is this has been a pleasure. This has been mm-hmm. a wonderful break and some very delicious food. Please yes. order some takeout from Spoken Steel or was... go dine in their patio. What's the name of the dish we had again? Just Mediterranean chicken. Nothing order the Mediterranean fancy. chicken. <laughs> decide. Listen to Ned Roram's Third Symphony Fifth Movement and then write <laughs> in and tell us. Yeah. <laughs> are the olives the brass or or are, are the artichokes? Uh, uh, yeah, is the brass important. the artichoke? Yeah, yeah. that ridiculous. Uh, one of those two, one of which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to Classical Pairings. <laughs> um, whenever, whenever shows open up and again, keep an eye out for Rob Funkhauser. Check out Rob Funkhauser. RobFunkhauser.com. Go to Spoken Steel. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you so much, Rob. Uh-huh. Stay sane. Stay healthy, everybody. Once again, I'm Nick Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for joining us on Classical Pairings. If you're enjoying this podcast, never miss a future episode by subscribing to Classical Pairings on your favorite podcast platform. You can download bonus pairings at classicalmusicindy.org. Just click Listen, Podcasts, and then Classical Pairings. Classical Pairings is a production of Classical Music Indy, a listener-supported producer of classical music radio syndication, streaming, podcasts, and note magazine. Learn more at classicalmusicindy.org. Our producer for Classical Pairings is Ezra Baker Truppiano, and our sound engineer is Gabriel Harley. Our theme music was composed by Frank Felice. Cheers, and see you next time.